Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to go back in time and pull out one of our episodes that we had previously done when it came to audience questions. So here we are dipping into the mailbag, and we're going to be talking about one rep max workouts. I'm going to share my insights on the topic, including NASM's thought processes on the one rep max the best means to identify what the personal best may be. And we're going to look at suggestions for programming. So check this one out all about the one rep max and how we maybe do things a little bit differently, especially when it comes to assessment. Also want to talk to you about Optima and remind you that it is this week, October 3rd, uh, 21st through 23rd. We're going fully digital again this year, giving you access to over a hundred fitness professional related info sessions. You can just jump into, you can head over to nasm.org slash virtual optima 2021 to get more info about this year's slate of events. You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I've got a listener question that I want to answer, and it is from Robert R. Shout out to the alliterative names, especially the ones with R's. Um, And he says, I was wondering if you can explain on a future podcast What's the best way to perform a one rep max? Also explain how to use the assessment information when working with NASM acute variables in resistance. Lastly, would you perform a one rep max test for every exercise or do you use your bench squat one rep max on let's say something like a bicep curl? Um, And then he says, I've been clinging to every piece of resource that will help me maximize my knowledge. I love this. Lifelong learner, really trying to get after it. He says your podcast has been uh, one of the options at the top of my list. Thank you for doing the podcast and making all the material you teach so clear to understand. It's helped me in my preparation for my CPT exam coming soon. All right, so first off, um, with your upcoming uh, exam. Robert, good luck, man. Good luck. And I'm glad you found the podcast helpful in your studies. So I'm going to start with this. When I was in high school or college, and I don't remember which one it was because I grew up in a small town and I went to high school and college in the same town. So um, whichever one it was, I got access to a gym and that gym was associated with a hospital. And I was there And there was an exercise physiologist who did what many personal trainers do when you join a gym. They invite you in and they do assessments, uh, pitch you on training. But the exercise physiologist, the trainer, something, uh, he brought me in. We did uh, one rep max for bench press and leg press, I believe. There was some grip strength, uh, flexibility test, more, I'm sure. But when I was asked um, about the test or when I asked about the test, he said it was to bench press, to bench press, to benchmark progress. And and I started thinking about that, like benchmarking progress. Do we need one rep maxes to do that? Because there are numerous colleges and universities out there that, that use this in their exercise science programs and their phys programs and their exercise phys programs. They promote the use of a one rep max for new and novice clients. There are a lot of certifications out there. And they promote one rep max assessments 
for new and novice clients. And it makes sense if you base everything off the one rep max, unless you step back and you just think about it for a minute. What are we doing this assessment for and with whom are you doing this assessment? So with that being said, I'm, I will straight out say that NASM does not promote the use of one rep max assessments for new and novice clients. Uh, I think a better idea, maybe a better suggestion, would be performing a 10 rep max assessment. And you can use whatever benchmark you want to use. So it doesn't really matter if you want to do a 15 rep max uh, assessment, you can do that. But here's the great thing. When you do 10 reps and you can't lift it, you can't get 10 reps, at least you know what your 8 or your 9 rep max is. But if you do a 1 rep max test and you can't perform the lift, Here's what you do. You you do your, your, let's say, bench press, and then you add more weight. You do your bench press again, and you add more weight. You do it again, you add more weight, and then you do it again, and you can't lift it, and then you go, oh, okay, I guess the answer was the one before that. And I'm not sure about that for a couple of reasons. I'm not, not sure that that is the best means of identifying what our benchmark is, um, and secondly, especially with new and novice clients, depending on who that client is, putting a 100% effort into a single lift can be wildly intimidating. So, um, and, and the other thing is, if you do a one rep max test, the chances are you never used that because you're later going to go and start an exercise program where you're doing far more than a single you know, one rep max test, you're doing 10 reps or 12 reps, 15 reps, 20 reps. So we do the one rep max as a test to benchmark our progress on things that on a lift that we don't even do again, except to benchmark. Wouldn't it make more sense to have the 10 rep max test, which is the way you're going to be working out anyway, to be the benchmark uh, that shows your progress. So, you know, if you've ever done a one rep max test, you've been tested for one RM, we're going to do some warm up sets and we're going to push you to your limit. And a lot of people maybe just don't respond to that. And I think and we have to be aware of that. Also, you got to begin a progressive workout program where you logically work your weight from a lighter weight to a higher uh, weight and higher repetitions to heavier weights and max strength lifts which you may never do with any of your clients depending on their goals, right? So your clients may never move towards those heavier weights and those max strength lifts. So doing one rep max test doesn't necessarily make sense for them. It doesn't fall in line maybe with a progressive exercise program. So let me ask a question. Why would you do a one rep max test with a new or novice client? Uh, and maybe you say it's because we know the intensity to have them train at, because even the OPT model says, here's your one rep max percentage. This is 50 to 70% of your one rep max. You need to know your one rep max before you can know 50 to 70% of it. Well, a couple of things. One is NASM has a conversion chart on their website. So if you go to nasm.org and you scroll to the very bottom of the page, you're gonna see a section that says trainer resources. Click on that or go to it. You'll see downloads. Click on downloads. Then you're going to see a conversion chart. And then you go to the 1RM conversion charts, the only thing under the heading conversion charts. So you click on it. And on the left-hand side, that's where 
it shows the weight that you have, let's say, on the bar, right? So you have the left-hand side, it shows the weight on the bar, and the top line, uh, those numbers show the number of reps performed with that weight. Where they meet, where those things come together, that is your estimated one rep max. So for instance, let's say you have 100 pounds on the bar and you do 10 repetitions, then this conversion chart shows your estimated one rep max to be 133 pounds. If you did it for five reps, then your estimated one rep max is 114. Let's say you do 250 pounds, 10 repetitions. Your estimated one RM is 333 pounds. If you do it for um, five repetitions, it's 286 pounds. So anyway, there's a conversion chart that's there and it shows you many, many different versions of conversions. And I think the weight goes all the way up to 1,000 pounds. But I will say this, if you're lifting 1,000 pounds for repetitions, you probably know what your 1RM is. So I would not I would not worry about going all the way up to 1,000 pounds. If you're lifting at that level, you know what your 1RM is. But with our new and novice clients, I don't know. I don't know. It, doesn't, it does not make sense to have our new clients um, going for a single 100% intensity lift. When we just meet them, we just start working with them. We don't need that kind of benchmark. So here's another thing that you can do. We've got, uh, let's just look at the OPT model and we can estimate your intensity from there. So under the muscular endurance and stabilization, it shows that you do one to three sets, 12 to 20 repetitions, and then it says 50 to 70% of your one RM. All right. Well, how do I know what 50 to 70% of one RM is for muscular endurance? Well, it's written into the equation. 12 to 20 reps is 50 to 70% of your one RM. So if you look at these two numbers at the end ranges of repetition, right? So the 12 and the 20, 12 is going to be the most intense. So that will correlate to the most intense percentage that it just showed. So 12 repetitions is associated with the 70% 1RM. Um, here's what you can also do. You can get the difference between 70 and 100%, that's 30%, and then you can multiply it by 1.3. So that's 100% plus another 30%. So you, you multiply it by, uh, 1.3 so let's say you're doing a lift and you want to do the math on this so you do 135 pounds you multiply it by 1.3 that's 175.5 pounds that's your conversion that's your conversion to your estimated max lift so it's kind of written into the opt model you can do it again and you can go to um max strength right so max strength four to six repetitions uh, I'm sorry, four to six sets, one to five repetitions, and that's 85 to 100% of your one rep max. Well, clearly the one repetition is your one rep max. The five repetitions is 85% of your intensity. So you know if you're doing five reps, that's 85% intensity. Um, and you can do the math on that if you wanted to as well. Um, and it, it's it's relatively simple, but you don't even have to do the math. It's You can guesstimate everything based on these estimations. And, you know, really, it's, it's when you get to the power phase where you're doing much, much lighter weight 
and you may want to know what that 30 to 45 percent is of your 1RM. But by the time you get to the power phase, if you're training at those intensities, it's more likely that you've built your way up even through max strength so that you are now able, your body is more comfortable, your, <clears throat> your joints are more capable of doing heavier lifts, your soft tissue is more capable of doing heavier lifts, your nervous system more capable, you are more capable, you are more trained. And we look at this as a progressive program and it doesn't make sense to move somebody as a beginner assessment into the heaviest lift that they can do for multiple body parts and then have them go all the way back and focus on stabilization and endurance. And then they start to build strength and they start to build strength. They build their base until they can eventually get to max lifts. So I'm in favor of maybe a 10 rep max test. I like the 10 rep max. That way, if you fail, you still have cap calculations for a nine rep max. With a one rep max test, if you fail, you or your client may be wearing the barbell. So here are my suggestions for 10 rep max. This is how I would program that out. So look at this. I've got 10 repetitions of a light warm-up. So just, just a lightweight, maybe just the bar, and rest for 60 seconds. you got one minute rest. Do another 10 repetitions, a moderate warm-up. So add a little bit of weight, whatever that you feel comfortable doing, and then rest for two minutes, and then 10 reps. Make it a little more challenging. Don't max out on it, but you're getting close. And then you're going to rest three to five minutes then you can max out with your 10 rep max. If you want to test it again, rest at least five minutes and test that again. You want to keep going, rest five minutes, test it again. And we know that's the that kind of phase that you're in right there when you're, when you're pushing yourself and you're maxing yourself out. Um, we can look at a three to five minute rest range in order to get that creatine phosphate to, to come back into our system and build back our ATP, CP stores. So give yourself the five minutes, especially if you're maxing out on that. Now, the question that Robert asked also did mention how would you do a one rep max? So I don't want to look at this and say that doing one rep max testing is wrong. It is not wrong. Just don't use it for a new or novice client. But you can do it as you build up to it. Test yourself. Test what your PRs are. I think I think it's a great opportunity to really push yourself on a on a single maximal effort. It's not wrong. I just don't suggest it for newer novice uh, clients, especially in the assessment. So for one rep max, here's a decent program that you could look at doing. I suggest going, let's say, eight repetitions at fifty percent of your estimated one rep max, and then rest for two minutes. Drop it down to six repetitions, but go 60%. And we're going to do this. We're going to drop down eight reps to six reps to four reps to one rep. And that eight reps is going to be at 50%. Six reps at 60%, four reps at 70%. And then you're going to do the one rep at 80%. Rest for three minutes instead of two minutes. Then you're going to do another rep at 90%. Rest for five minutes. And now really focus on getting that extra rest so you can do your one rep max. So eight reps at 50, six reps at 60%, four reps at 70%, one rep at 80%, one rep at 90%, rest for five minutes, do your one rep max, and then take a break, rest for five plus minutes, test it again. 
lift it again. Add a few weights on there if you got a good lift on it. Uh, it was clean. Your body was in um, good posture. Your lift was in good form. Tack on a little bit of extra weight. Try it again. There's another thing, that, too, when you look at doing heavy lifts. One of the most important things that we don't talk enough about is spotting technique and dropping technique. And I think it's very important if you're going to learn any technique that you learn. Um, if you are a spotter, you learn how best to spot. And we may do another episode on that particular topic. But also when you're lifting, right? So I see people spotting squats sometimes. And when people are doing their 1RM, you just don't spot the squat. Like you teach them how to drop the squat. You teach them how to drop the bar and get out of the way. Uh, if you're doing a deadlift, you just drop the bar and get out of the way. And the the good thing is most places you're going to be doing this lifting. If you have a lifting platform, you don't have to worry about anything. It's fantastic. Um, except making sure you're comfortable and getting out of the, the way if you're not going to make that squat happen. Um, and then things like um, uh, using, using um, barriers that if you start to lower down into a squat, you can't get back up, then you've got those arms there that, that are going to bracket you and they're going to grab that bar and you can just get out from underneath it. Uh, the same thing in a bench press. A bench press, you need to have a spotter or you do need to have those, um, those arms there that can support you, that you can come down and it can land on that bar and not land on you. So just be a be aware of that. And again, I'm not opposed to you finding your actual 1RM. It's a part of a progressive exercise program. I think you should or can do it if that's something that you want to do. Otherwise, estimations for the 1RM from for the rep range that you're working at is more appropriate. I think it's more sensible. Right. And there's another question. Another question was, would you do a one rep max test on all exercises or just squats and presses? What about bicep curls? Uh, your workouts are your test, right? So you don't need to do a one rep max. You have a 10 rep max or a 12 or a 15, etc. rep max every time you work out. So don't feel like you need to get a one rep max. Can you do a one rep max for a bicep curl or a rope cable tricep extension? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Usually it's just the major lifts that, that we see people really tracking those, those PRs and those heavy lifts, but you can track a PR for any single lift you want to do. So if you want to track those, great. But otherwise, um, you know, you, you don't necessarily want your, uh, you don't necessarily need a PR for every lift that you do. In fact, you don't need to challenge your clients to max out on 15 reps either. <laughs> uh, I, I think you can. I think I think it is a nice addition to push every client that feels comfortable being pushed that way to max out on their reps. So for instance, if you say, hey, we're doing 10 reps today, then not every set necessarily needs to be your absolute 10 rep max, but every set at 10 reps needs to push you. And I would like for at least one of those, again, depending on your client, to max out your client. So meaning you can do 10, but probably not 11. You can do 15 reps if it's a 15 rep day. But your client, if your client can do 20 reps with that weight, well, that's not the goal. Challenge a max out on your reps 
at least once on those lifting days if it's suitable for your client. If they're the type of client that's willing to be pushed to their max, but you don't have to make their max one rep. Again, progressive workout routine, build them. Make sure that program builds them to those heavier lifts. And if your client only gets 13 reps or 14 reps on a 15 rep max, it's fine. It's good. And I tell my clients, this is the thing that we're trying to do here in, in, in fitness in many instances is if we push you to failure, you have succeeded. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that for every single client, but there are clients that need to understand, that need to have that push, that when you fail at something, it doesn't mean that you failed. In the gym, in many instances, it means that you've really succeeded in pushing yourself to the next level, to building yourself, to look at something that you've done as a failure. And that means like we, we pushed ourselves until we couldn't do another lift or until I couldn't get another repetition. And that could be high intensity interval training. That could be you know our, our repetition maxes. It could be a lot of different things. But that failure is the success of the exercise. If I can get you to push yourself to failure, then that's great. Now, and again, you don't have to push yourself to failure to be successful. But I do like to challenge my clients at least one set of something that we do within a workout. And, and some, some clients, many more than one set, but push yourself just until you can't do any more. And for some clients, it works great and they really like pushing themselves like that. And for some clients, one is fine. <laughs> right? like pushing themselves that hard once is absolutely fine. But we push ourselves and we like to draw that out in our clients. It's not wrong to not push somebody to failure, but if you can get somebody there, then, then see if you can make that happen. See if you can coach that out of them. And if not, don't worry. There's still many ways to help reach our help our clients reach their goals. Um, so when it comes to one rep max, I, I don't do it for assessments, especially would never use it for a newer novice client. Rationale being, it is a progressive exercise program, so why would I do one rep max and then turn around and have you do a stabilization endurance program and build up my base by testing you on something we're not even going to be training in until much later in the program. Anyway, uh, Robert, thank you so much for the question. I appreciate it. If y'all have questions, please reach out. You can do so on Instagram where I'm most active, dr.rickrichie, or you can email me at rick.richie, R-I-C-H-E-Y, at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast. <laughs>